and I'll ask our first lady to get ready, and maybe we'll do a countdown from 10. So we'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Scampoli, Kelvin Scarpelli, I'm the son, I'm Thuhon, and I'm the guy you fucked. And Ryan Van Fleet, we go from Bruce Pritchard's first Raw back to his last pay-per-view. We go back to 2008, Survivor Series 2008, and we open with a promo video like we, like we always do for 22 years. And it's been all about survival. And please, it goes from that into the fucking comeback promo for Cena. We're in Boston, Cena's hometown. The, I think it's the TD Garden now, but it was the Boston Garden then. And the world heavyweight champion is Chris Jericho, which you spoiled. He would win it from Batista after last month. Can you believe this setup? No, this was a great... This. It's so interesting how the whole Cena really made this pay-per-view for me. It really did. I was I was in love with that whole storyline that they were trying to build. And it's weird because we talk about Super Cena. This is I mean, he's getting a title shot here, but this is this his first title reign of the year? Spoiler alert. Like we talk about this guy's always the champion. Get him out of my face. He's finally getting his title match, bro, in his hometown. Uh, I know you've said it's really far away from West Newberry, but still, Boston, Massachusetts, his his brothers in the promo videos can't even say Boston without using their accent. Ladies, so you, can't, on this you can't tell me Cena ain't super because Batista did us a favor and Ric Flared him at SummerSlam of that year. He injured him, remember? So if Cena wasn't out for a good six months, I'm sure he would have been champion three or four more times. Triple H and Ric Flair would have had to add theirs together to get up to Cena. I watched Cena lose to JBL like twice this year. So, yeah, <laughs> Cena is definitely far from super. Then, ladies, we hear an ACDC song, which I think is the theme song for the pay-per-view, but we hear it once. It literally plays this once, and it goes into Jim Ross and Taz. And Taz doesn't look happy, ladies. His sunglasses are off. He's looking right into the camera because RVD just asked him to pick a hand. There's a hand mark right on the side of his face. No, the problem is Jeff Hardy was found unconscious at his hotel, and I believed this because that's Jeff Hardy. I mean, Victory Road was just three years later. I could totally believe he'd have an Eddie Guerrero wake up in the hotel. And ladies, I got to tell you, that Jeff Hardy rule sign in the third row must have been so disappointed and so nervous <laughs> when they heard that Jeff Hardy, even though he rules, he wouldn't be there tonight. Even though he rules, I would have been very pissed if you know they had promised me Jeff Hardy, sold me this bill of goods, and then he got hurt at the hotel the night before. But uh, go back to this ACDC song real quick. I w I 100% agree with you that they fucking buried this song because that whole Black Ice ACDC thing, I only knew of it because I was a wrestling fan. And I think it might have been the theme song of a couple pay-per-views. But 
I remember that, like just watching this pay per view over again. You don't. It's not a recognizable like. Oh yeah, that was the theme song. They kept it to a dull roar. You could barely hear this song. And you think with ACDC they they would brag. Like remember they had the Highway to Hell song for the the six man Hell in a Cell match or whatever the one of the big matches they had to have Highway to Hell. And this shit they really fucking turned it all the way down so that way we can listen to every announcer argue during every match. Well, ladies, by now we were in uh, the. What was that band? Motorhead Camp. So <laughs> ACDC don't matter no more. Yeah, they, they let this song bleed through Taz's earbuds into the mic. It seemed like, you're right, it was a dull roar. And ladies, <laughs> we start with a traditional Survivor Series match. China leads his, I mean China. China. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, look, if Triple H don't feel bad for her, someone has to. And I'm always thinking of China. Shawn Michaels leads Crime Time. Great Khali, Rey Mysterio. And I think that's five versus JBL MVP Miz and Morrison and Kane. Ladies, what a war! Ray pinned Kane again. Can you believe it? He just pinned him last month, and I didn't think it was possible then. He did it even better now. He stood up on Great Kali's fucking shoulders and just fell on him and pinned him. This this Survivor Series match kind of suffered from the well. We're gonna have a bunch of eliminations in this short time period because it did seem like Kane was wide awake, like looking around after he got that splash like it almost looked like he was gonna kick out and he didn't and i was just what the fuck like, it just it really it kind of takes you out of it and, uh when some of these eliminations are happening because it's not like big finisher and the big win like it really was like ray's doing this little splash and if kane had his eyes closed would have made the whole difference like those little nuances but watching watching some of these eliminations i really was uh i was a little perturbed and well prime time Again, these guys are getting huge pops. Who are these guys? Well, JTG was eliminated way too early. They let Shad stay in and be the big cast. He got to drop some elbows. Not like JBL's elbows. JBL dropped the Dolph elbows where you do eight in a row. You just keep getting up and doing them. And he did it to Ray, so it looked especially mean. And he kicked Ray in the head right before it, which, which was kind of mean, too. I love myself some JBL. But, ladies, you're right. Crime Time was so fucking over. Loved him. And JTG should have been the star we were building. The lone survivor. He should have super kicked Shawn Michael. Oh, he's on his team. Well, ladies, it could have been like the wild card <laughs> match. I don't know. But somehow, do something besides to eliminate JTG and chaos because I looked down and looked up and he was gone and there was Shad doing the what is it the mean street leg drop whatever the fuck Big Cass used to do and my only other memory is JBL beating up Ray what a bully what an athlete I feel like JBL's tits were smaller at this pay-per-view but it's just because he had the towel on again during the entrance well and with this whole JTG and Shad I know we're talking about 2008 can we bring these guys back is it too late to get these guys in NXT? I know that we have the profits of truth, but we can still – these guys can do something. I'm loving these guys. They need to come back. And, yeah, and every time – 2008, JBL, unbelievable. I feel like when we started this year, I thought he was way past his prime. He was done wrestling, and I totally was wrong. This guy had an amazing year. I know we took some time off in, like, 2006 to be a commentator – but now that he's back, like, watching him in the ring this entire year has been outstanding. So we talk about storytelling and not being the most athletic guy. They need to watch JBL matches because this guy's telling these awesome stuff. His countout was amazing. Like, there's never been a countout in wrestling that I liked. This was it. I really enjoyed him getting counted out and arguing with the referee. And it led to the, the baby faces getting the win. It was just a great story they told. And then we're about to go into 
ABL and Sean's, you know, awkward feud, but still, it's great storytelling. Every time JBL's in a program, it's done so well. It was great Kali, Rey Mysterio, and Shawn Michaels raising their hands in victory. Apparently, only crime time got eliminated. Very unfortunate. We do need to Yeah, bring- only the guys that were super we just need JTG back. They were so fucking over that they won the Cyber Sunday poll against the fucking champions last month, against the main tag team feud. And it's all because of their awesome dot-com show. It was bigger than Miz and Morrison's. Then, Vladis, we get to go to your favorite, Eve, backstage, talking to my favorite, Triple H. And she asks about Jeff Hardy. But Triple H says everyone has an opinion on Jeff Hardy, so I'll just leave that alone. Great, great answer. Then... Awesome. Uh, but then he says, now the match that's happening is the one that probably should have always been happening. Triple H versus Kozlov. Vladi, is, uh, can we just cut to this one early? It's later. It's a main event, quote unquote. But God, the boring chance never ended. They were at the beginning. They were at the end. And they must have been in the middle. You cannot advertise a triple threat with Jeff Hardy, like the most over babyface, especially when you're Triple H, when you're kind of. You're you're the babyface with air quotes. You've been a heel your entire career. You're in this weird moment of, well, I've been around for so long I can be the good guy now. But it's we wanted Jeff Hardy. So when it's Kozlov and Triple H, and I will say, I watched this match and heard crowd reaction. I also had a baby on my lap, and the baby wasn't really cooperating, so the volume on the TV was low. At a low volume, this was a great match. I enjoyed the match, but you're watching it the whole time going, what the fuck? Why is Kozlov in this match? Like, it's what? great. You like when he ran his back into the ring apron a bunch of times? Then he did it against the guardrail, ladies. His back What's went up against the headbutt. I don't remember. Like every time <laughs> someone said the battering ram, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, and I, I just listened to the Undertaker episode of something to wrestle with, and Bruce even says, "You guys wanted something new." And now I'm convinced I don't want anything new. I, no more Kozlov. <laughs> they could have just done a rematch from No Mercy, Jeff Hardy, Triple H, over and over again. Uh, anything else. Give me anything else other than what we got. I'm convinced Kozlov versus Triple H is why Bruce left. It was the, right before the last match when he just threw down his headset and said, where's Gorilla? This is his position. Ladies, we move on to a SmackDown versus Raw Divas Survivor Series match. Michelle McCool, who I was reading about today. What an interesting character. Because in this match, she's the one doing all the cool stuff. And you find out she married The Undertaker. So she must be able to work. What does he see in her? He's wrestling's his life. He must have seen something. So why did she retire? Then you find out she had Lay Cool coming and got bigger than ever, then retired. But ladies, don't worry, I read her diary. And she had been thinking about retiring for over a year, and it was just time. You know, the female psyche is weak. She can't handle being a wrestler. Well, and no offense to her, but I think when she got into wrestling, the women's division, like I remember she was on uh, no way out 2006 they did like a new like a rookie diva contest and it was women in bikinis women doing a talent she was wearing a ben roethlisberger jersey because they were in pittsburgh like it was just kind of like you know it was that it was yeah, it sounds awesome what are you complaining that's no, great no, no, but I'm, I'm just saying when she got into wrestling that's what she expected and then it's i mean we talk oh, about I a divas it. revolution i've watched beth phoenix have some awesome matches throughout this 2008 so like I think maybe once the wrestling started to pick up for the women, she was a lot of these women probably were just hold on a sec. This is supposed to be bikinis. This is supposed <laughs> to be 
uh, mustard matches? Why are we suddenly having 13-minute pay-per-view matches that aren't even for the title? Well, ladies, like Bruce said, if you want, if you ask for models and actresses, you'll get models and actresses. So yeah, I guess when it gets a little more physical, maybe that can't happen. Ladies, Michelle McCool and Maurice, Victoria, Natalia, and Maria versus Beth Phoenix with Santino, who bites her bicep a lot. <laughs> he bit it during the entrance. He bit it during the celebration. At one point, he bit her side, like, because he has that revealed hip. He hugged her low after she won, spoiler, and bit her on the side. Like, he can't stop getting his teeth into his love. And then he goes, sorry, sorry. I just love her. I just love her. He has no <laughs> mic. You can just tell he's saying that. And then Fleeties. They go against, well, Beth Phoenix's team has Mickey James, Jillian Hall, who had an amazing theme song I must bring up right now, uh, <laughs> Candace Michelle, and Kelly Kelly. But, ladies, isn't this stacked? I mean, how can you beat one of these teams? They're all, one of them's way better than the other, right? Well, and I, this was, I had to like do a, a double take. This was SmackDown versus Raw. Because I was even going, was Kelly Kelly ever a bad guy? Like I was really sitting there racking my brain, like why is she coming out with the bad guys? Because and then even Candace, I wasn't sure if she was ever a bad guy. Because I remember she was when she was like, or was that her? Like Candace, Tori, and Victoria were always like hooking up with Vince. Like I, it was a weird moment for me, but I enjoyed this little match. And the we, I don't understand. We talk so like we talk down about women's wrestling, but. Beth Phoenix, good God, awesome. Everything she did, everything she touched was gold. The only problem for me is I think Melina might have been gone by this time, and I enjoy me some Melina. This can't be it. Maybe it was Slice. No, no, no. Her song had like her singing, like, Slice I bread. know you want me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That must be it. Is it called Slice Bread Bleedies? I think that's another one. That's Alex Shelley's finisher. Here we go. We got this. You know you want me. Oh! You can't take your eyes away from me. This sounds like Naomi in the studio on that Total Divas episode. <laughs> God, it sounds like Tyron Woodley in the studio on that new UFC Embedded this week. <laughs> this should be a donation uh, thing on Joe Cronin. Donate seven bucks and hear this song. God, I knew there was a reason I wrote down that that song ruled. And Bleedies, Candice Michelle was skinny. And Kelly Kelly, we all love. Holla, holla, holla. I got a pussy in So that song's great. And Bleedies, there was a part where Maurice covered a girl with her hand on her boob. And Jim Ross stuttered trying to call it. It was great. Jerry Lawler had to go for a moment. It was a wonderful little part where the third commentator was just laughing. Graphic cover. No, and an awesome cover. We can all admit it. But yeah, I was. I enjoyed the entire match. I I don't know something about the nostalgia of going back and watching the old women's wrestling, and they say that oh, it was the divas division. It was still a good match. I don't think we need to like shit on it because they were dressed uh, scant. They were scantily clad. We don't need to worry about that. I enjoyed it. I love the biting of the the biceps. And yeah, Maurice getting to, getting to show off a little bit, being the last one eliminated. We do end with the bicep biting celebration. Santino was so proud. He kept saying, you're the best. You're the best. He was so proud of his love. And we go back to Mac Matt Hardy backstage with his ECW title. 
And he says Jeff was hit in the back of the head with a blunt object. And Matt, we know you fucking did it. Shut up. You could just tell by the way you were saying it, Felitis. Don't spoil it. But did he do oh it? Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. Is that what happens? That uh, makes total sense now that you say that. The way he said it, I'm convinced he did. But if you think about it, this does end with maybe uh, didn't Orton come out? I don't know. I have to read my notes for the main event. Someone does come out that makes me think, oh, they did it. They, oh, Edge. Remember Edge comes out? Spoiler, let's not talk about that yet. Oh my God, that was so awesome. But Matt, we know you did it. Shut up. Jesus. Then we move on to an Undertaker Big Show promo. And you know what uh, Big Show says? He said, I found out where you get your power, Undertaker. You get your power from fear. Don't I kind of sound like him? Am I crazy? (laughs) Is there a Big Show inflection? Let me try that again. I found out where you get your power, Taker. You get your power from fear. It's how he says fear. Fear. Big show. But yeah, that is a great secret. I thought he was going to say the urn, but it turns out it's fear. And please. No, I, thought that was, I thought that was terrible. I like, <laughs> you get your power from fear. Well, wait, isn't it true? Like, Think about it. Undertaker's entrance, we look at the guy scared in the ring. That fear gives him power. The dead man. If someone just stands there like, I don't give a fuck, the Undertaker might wilt. Well, yeah, but we've already tried that a million times. But you get your power from fear. What if he said, like, where do you get, where do you, how do you make people fear you? It's your power. No, please. I would have liked that. No, he makes them fear you with purple lights, you idiot. No, the power comes from the fear. If he had the power, he wouldn't need the fear. No, he's already got the power. He already had it. It's like, it's like Power Rangers when they lost their powers. The power was in them the whole time. He doesn't have the power until you're afraid. It was in them the whole time. No. Listen to the fucking promo. Big Show says, you get your power from fear. He doesn't have the power until you're afraid of him. No, he's already got it. Wait, you're right. It's always And it's possible. Wait, Big Show lost. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Big Show lost. And I like this feud, but every time I watch these guys fight, I remember my favorite Big Show Undertaker match, No Way Out 2003, when Undertaker choked him out in a triangle. So, he had the power back then, and Big Show wasn't even afraid, and Undertaker wasn't even a zombie. So th- these two can work 100 times. It's always going to be a decent match on a pay-per-view. What did you think of the casket uh, aspect of this thing? Oh, when they flipped it over, I couldn't believe it was made out of just wood nailed together at the bottom. Just a nice mount for a casket they built. But Vladis, he gets his power from the Druids. The Druids brought out the casket you're talking about. And one of them was fat. There was a fat druid. I actually thought Big Show might be disguised as a druid. Like they were going to have Undertaker's entrance after. And he'd pull the hood off and punch him. This is a knockout match. But I like the casket. I, I was. <laughs> I was. The people have spoken. I do like the. <laughs> Todd Grisham, get the fuck out of here. But I, Felidis, I was thinking when they rolled up this casket, this is a little heavy. Thinking about death and caskets and what that is, and it's just I know people in capes are bringing it out, but it's still a casket, ladies, and it's dark, and we're playing funeral music for the first time. I, did I get creeped out by the Undertaker? I think I just got creeped out by kayfabe. Did he get power over you? Did he get his power from you? He gets his power from that casket. I'm telling you. Oh, don't go near it. It wasn't it great when Undertaker was in it, and Big Show's like. Close it to the refs and like, no, yeah. we don't close it. You cl- close this. And they he's like, what are you talking about? They'd have to go, yeah. take your hand, grab here, and pull like this. They have to act, act out closing it four times before he finally goes, oh, okay. And then he comes on over. But guess what, ladies? I'm not closing it. Undertaker's leg was sticking out, though, huh? 
Oh, he, that was, I did enjoy that because it was like he got his foot on the rope and Big Show's like trying to push his foot back in and it's just not happening. I liked a lot of the stuff they did with the casket. It was it was better than some of the other casket matches where they just kind of put him in and it's over. Like we actually had a lot of, um, here's a word, casket play. We had a lot of casket play in this match and I enjoyed the the standing up casket and he threw him in there and it just closed. I thought that was a little bit of a, like a wacky ending. But when you're doing a casket match, there's only so many endings you can do. Uh, he really could have put it over the top, though, if he would have uh, secured the casket shut and pushed it off the stage uh, New Age Outlaw style. Ladies, I think the fat druid was Conrad. And we go from this unbelievable casket match to Carlito and Epico backstage. And they're with the Bellas, and then the gobbledygooker comes out, Bleedies. And they think it's their friend Jared or something. But then Jared comes over and says hi, and they go, I think it's I forget his name. Michael? <laughs> I, think it's Char- I think it's Charlie Haas. I think it's Charlie Haas, uh, multi-time tag team champion. No, he's, he's dead for years by then. But I'm sure that in his memory, we'll put the show for your sake, Fleeties. That was Thank Charlie you. Haas. He looked so fucking old. He looked like an actor. I thought that was Hugh he Jackman. Looked, he definitely looked different. Yeah, no, it definitely he he was Charlie Haas, but yeah, he he looked great, and yeah, I was wondering why his gimmick at this time was because he was doing like the old Damian Sandow thing where he was just they would give him a hundred gimmicks, so like every day he would have something different, and uh, Primo and uh, is it, <laughs> it's Primo and Carlito, but yeah, they they definitely uh, <laughs> I kind of like Primo talking. I don't know what this guy is. I've never seen him before. Uh, I know he's kind of around still. But we need to get more of this guy with a microphone. What's going on here? Maybe put him in the gooker outfit. Ladies, whatever killed Charlie Haas is really painting him on this pay-per-view taping. Poor Bruce was backstage producing him on his last pay-per-view. And he had to shoot a shot in his side. I think it was insulin. I don't know what this Charlie had, but he looked old as fuck. And ladies, the gooker wasn't the gooker. It was the boogeyman. He pulled off the hood, and he had worms already in his mouth. It was so creepy. The Bellas hated that. And then we went from that, Vleeties, to Randy Orton motivating his team by calling Cody Rhodes the weakness, which I kind of liked. And Vleeties, oh, the match is coming up next, but Cody Rhodes just might prove himself. We then get a beautiful shot of Boston, my hometown, and the Boston Garden. You know, Vleeties, AEW tried to book a show there, and I put a stop to that. I called my hometown, Marina. I said, get the fuck. Don't let these indie faggots there. This is my home. I'm kind of like Vince like that. You're kind of, you have control over all Boston, but I, well, I have and- a phone, Vleeties. I have a phone. Oh, you have a phone. You're able to just put a stop to these I just, shows. well, I made a phone call is what I did. Well, can they run Boston? I know that uh, WWE is uh, that's New York, pal. But isn't Boston kind of close enough to New York where we can just assume that? Has there ever been another wrestling territory that really took off in in Boston? Boston's the best. We love ECW. We ch- we chanted that shit before anyone. We started the asshole chant, the holy shit chant. Mick Foley won his belt there. Lol, same thing. I was there live, ladies, row four with Corey McDonald. I think he was with me. Jim was there, ladies. But we got a beautiful shot of Boston Garden where I never got to go. Whenever I saw WWE, it was in Lowell or it was at the Worcester Centrum. It was never in the real city, which was good because these smaller places were easier to navigate. And it was always yeah. so cold, ladies. I think I saw Michael Cole drive out drive out once in a shitty car. That's like because I, I I've been to plenty of Raws and I have been to them at Staples Center, but I prefer to go when they're in Anaheim or in Ontario. Uh, if we can go super inside. Now that I live in Dallas, it's really only Dallas. Like they have the shows there. I got to drive an hour there, and then I got to wait in the parking lot for a half hour, and then I got to drive an hour home. So 
I, I, I'm with you and I'm with all wrestling fans. If you want to go to a show, it's kind of easier to go to some of these. House shows are fun, too. People should go to house shows. No, I just go to the ones in Perth or Sydney, since I live in Australia. <laughs> you know, now that Bruce Super is... showdown. I'm flying with Bruce. We're going down under. He's not coming to Adelaide. He's going to Brisbane. He's going to fucking Sydney, Melbourne, all the bullshit places. you got to go to Adelaide. It's the only cool place in Australia. But, ladies, that's what I was trying to tell you. Batista is about to lead his team of R-Truth. By the way, I, we should have talked about R-Truth in the prior discussion because how great is he as U.S. champion? When he, his hero's John Cena. You must have missed this. His hero. I, I oh. saw this on, like, Instagram or something. Oh, how great was it? U.S. Open Challenge, and he made Cena proud. He had a triple threat. And then he won. And his, his abs are amazing. He's in perfect shape. And I think the capris are what really brings it all together. He's got these tight to his knees pants that, I don't know, they make him seem more of a hipster Negro than just a, Negro, a gangster Negro. And I need that in my rappers. I was not going to say, I agree. And then you said that last <laughs> thing you said. But no, the, the capris, if we can focus on the capris. 100% agree with you. Those, those are great. It's a great wrestling attire for him. Something about the jeans with the spray paint really was too gimmicky. At least with this, it looked like, he is like his hero, John Cena. It's like he, he's going out there and wrestling in something practical. And this is a whole new R-Truth that I could see winning. I mean, if we have another capital punishment next year, this guy's world champion. R-Truth did one of those forearms into nine spins, and it actually looked cool. That's how good of a shape he's in right now. He's going to start plugging DDP yoga. Bruce Pritchard is back, man. Bruce is back. <laughs> R-Truth is great. I love it. Uh, Batista leads R-Truth, CM Punk, Kofi Kingston, and Matt Hardy versus Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, Mark Henry, William Regal, Ted DiBiase. And, but I was pretty sure. I don't think. DiBiase was not there. Oh, it was that other guy, the fat one. Yeah, that uh, Umaga lookalike. And Bleedies. Yeah, they were saying Randy Orton had beat up Ted DiBiase before. I didn't. I don't remember any of that. I didn't watch this, I guess. Yeah, all he did was make fun of Cody. I guess he beat up Ted after. He's mad at both of them. Bleedies. Jim Ross stuttered while talking about Batista. So he. this is how it sounds. I cut the audio. It's great. He literally said, Batista making his straight appearance at the Survivor Series. Like, he, where, when he was supposed to say a number, he, like, hiccuped. So he just called him a big fag out of nowhere. And Bleedies, I went and took a shit and came back, and Cody pinned CM Punk. What a great match. I missed most of it, but it's good to see CM Punk at a time when Bruce claims they're trying to build up and give him a chance. Uh, get beat by a tag team champion or former one? He's former at this point because uh, I think oh, I forget who the champs were in this. Oh, uh, CM Punk is the tag champ during this moment. Oh, okay. So because um, Punk and Kofi had that weird tag run after like because CM Punk lost his title and they were like, hey, let's move him down. Let's get him a tag belt. Get him out of that main event picture as soon as we can. That's we got to bury him. But I enjoyed the beginning of this. If you went and took a shit and you missed it, it was kind of the one of the most logical starts to a Survivor Series match where as soon as the fucking bell rang, CM Punk ran over and hit him with hit William Regal with the high knee, go to sleep. They eliminated him with like nine seconds in. It was awesome. I love that move, ladies. It's better when Kenta does it. Ladies, whatever happened in that match, someone won. Tell us who won because I don't have it written down. Um, it was Randy Orton. Randy Orton doesn't lose these Survivor Series. Oh, ladies, Cody Rhodes proved himself. Sorry, I forgot the story in this one. I did love the second half where Cody beat Punk, and I think Cody got another pin, and he was always there for Randy. There, weren't they the final two? Yeah, it was. so it was four on two. It was going to be four on one. It was supposed to be Henry, Shelton Benjamin, Orton, and Cody all against Batista, and then Batista beat Henry real quick. He beat Shelton real quick, and then it was like, holy shit, it's only two on one. 
he's going to, you know, we're, we're back in this thing. And then, of course, our best friend Manu got involved. And uh, there was a Batista bomb where he was close enough to the rope to where uh, Orton could do the blind tag, which I love. Oh. And then Batista was... Batista's trying to pin Cody, right? Oh. God, I'm like, he's looking at the ref like, why aren't you counting? Then he punts him. <laughs> then he punted him. <laughs> what? Well, you know, he got up and walked oh. right into the fucking RKO. What an idiot. Easy win for the Viper. That's the best match ever, please. I'm going to watch that one. I missed it. And then <laughs> we go back. These matches are great. Like, when you do a Survivor Series match the way this one is done, where it has stories going into it, and each elimination has kind of a different story, I, I really enjoyed it. It was great, start to finish. We see Kozlov backstage with Eve. as we Talks try to, about great from start to finish. Kozlov, baby. We try to hype up this WWE Championship match coming up. We then cut to Jim Ross and Taz, and they make it official. Jeff Hardy just won't be here. But check out this video. That's all about Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Jeff Hardy. Know, what's that? <laughs> it was great. It was all about how oh, I really enjoyed everything about it because Jeff yelled, I live in a world of gray. And that allows me to do things others can't do. So I was really feeling the Jeff Hardy story. I wish he just painted it in gray. I think that's the problem with his paintings, Bleedy. It's too many colors. Yeah, well, even his shirt that he runs out in eventually, uh, that's got a lot of color on it. And this, it is strange that, you know, in, in real life, we would just go, hey, we're not going to show the originally planned video package. We've done enough to hype up this fucking match. Here come the guys. And, like, that's all it would be. But... We still have this weird promo package letting us know that fucking uh, Jeff Hardy is this awesome baby face who's getting extreme and going hardcore again. And he's going to win the WWE championship because this is his moment. And no, nah, it's actually going to be Kozlov and Triple H. Like, you can't tell me that these guys who can throw video packages together in four minutes can't put together a video package without jeff they ladies you know how it ends stop complaining it's supposed to make it feel sudden like we didn't plan this it's not part of the show jeff od'd so we're just making up a story and this is the only video <laughs> we have and then but the video is so damn good fuck it we made it we might as well hit play on it and you know Someone's how gotta see this thing, man. <laughs> you know how it ends ladies ladies I've, I've been uploading videos at 2 a.m because i can't wait if i made that jeff hardy video there's no fucking way we're saving it for uh armageddon and holy Fuck, Fleeties. This match is ending. Jeff Hart. First of all, Edge comes out because we're hyping up that maybe Jeff can make it back. And Vicky comes out and says, He's here. He's here. I promised you a triple threat. Out comes Edge pulling his hair. And I don't even remember. I think I hated his ma all of his matches from this year that we've covered. It's been an Undertaker feud I'd, I've luckily forgotten. I was going to say I'd love to forget, but I don't remember one second of it. Was there a ladder or a cell? But he came out pulling his hair. Oh, it was so good to see him, Bleedies. I marked out more than that time Cena came back at the Rumble at number 30. Well, and with this, I like the hair, everything about Edge, like the beard. It was kind of a cool comeback where it was, you know, oh, Edge is returning. And Vicky did a great job with the he's here, he's here. And because didn't they break up and now they're back together? Oh, it's so great to see that they've reconciled because Edge gave her a big hug. And I was hoping for they would lock lips, but they didn't this time. We're saving that for SmackDown. Well, and marriage is forever. So I'm glad that these two respect the sanctity of marriage. So I liked that bit of Edge coming out and being the surprise third man. And then I loved, you You know, you're kind of, 
when you watch it on TV, you look at the crowd, and when they all turn their head and scream, you're like, someone's running down. Like, I almost think that they wish they could hide that so it doesn't spoil it on TV. But when Edge or when Jeff Hardy got oh. in the ring, it was exciting. And I, you know, we're mar- I'm marking out at home, and I'm going, can he win the belt? Can he win it? Like, <laughs> but you know, is there a way? Is this a fatal four way now, or is it still triple threat? Like, if he pins somebody, is Charles Robinson going to go, no, you're not the legal man? <laughs> like, I would love that. But it was a great bit. Love the match. Awesome. The audience reacted like Matt Hardy was running out. It was so loud. Yeah, everyone looked. <laughs> so we had Edge. We had Jeff Hardy come out. It made up for the 20-minute of boring chant that was Kozlap versus Triple H. And I love to watch Triple H get beat up during a boring chant. And I'm sure he just tells himself it's because I'm getting beat up. If I was beating him up, it wouldn't be boring. Yeah, he did a lot me. of beating up, though. If I could talk about that, Matt, like if we can break it down. DX style. He definitely was beating up like the first four minutes of that match. He was in control. You know that he went out there and he was like, all right, kid, I'll call it the ring. And, you know, he really took the lead and was that general, the ring general for five to 10 minutes. And then he's like, all right, here you go, kid. Way to fire up. And then, and then Edge came out and I was like, all right, perfect. Triple H is probably like, well, I did my job. We kicked ass. Ladies, Jeff Hardy hit Kozlov with the chair. Then he went to hit someone else but he edge but he went to hit he hit triple h i'm sorry i can't keep up this was this was like that time Shawn michaels went to hit bret hart but he hit undertaker at SummerSlam 97 and he had to do the three count and remember that hesitation before the three like fuck this canadian homo oh and then he slides out of the ring the way he slid out of the ring and just went fuck this shit love that now this wasn't as cool but because the ref was happy to count three but uh the, the, the chair shot hit triple h and then uh, what happened? Edge hit him, and Edge pinned the other guy and won. What a match, ladies. I should be a commentator with those descriptors. We have a new world heavyweight champion. It's the rated-R superstar. I can't miss Raw or SmackDown. Ladies, what's going to happen? And there's another match. It's not like it's over. But I can't wait to see what happens next month at Armageddon. Well, and even with – one one thing I took away from this is I forgot the fucking spinner belt was still – the title, you know, it's it's funny to watch these big moments happen and then they walk away and celebrate with John Cena's belt. And Edge was standing there. This was his first WWE title reign of this year. He was holding the world title beforehand because the belt switched after the draft or something. I forget. But it was it was just a great way to end Survivor Series, which is supposed to feel like a major pay-per-view. And I know that we have another match after this, but as far as SmackDown goes, this feels like a huge step up after last month when we had the... What what was that? Uh, not the Cyber Sunday, but when they did the the, the scramble, the scramble had MVP and Brian Kendrick in it. Like this, here we are. We're back. We got real main eventers in here. Kozlov, we are back, baby. You know you want me. You can't take your eyes away from me. Fucking love that, bleedies. Uh Ryan Van Fleet. We have a main event to get to. Who could forget? John Cena's return in his hometown, his mom's ringside. That's his dad. When he went to go greet his family after winning, spoiler, this little kid was trying to get a high five in his way, and Cena just cold-shouldered this kid. He looked at him like, why are you here? This is where my family stands. You're in my way. And maybe it was his nephew or something, but he smushed him up against the railing with his abs as he went to go say hi to his pops. But what a match, Felides. By the way, there, there was a promo video before it for Jericho versus Cena, and Rob McIntyre 
You have it. The lady is Rob McIntyre's John Cena's friend. And I'm telling you, get this guy in the squared circle, Rob's words. He said squared circle. That's how you know he knows. And by the way, I don't know what song they were playing, but it sounded like Fozzie to me. And Jericho's voice in this Fozzie song was sultry. Great way to tell the John Cena return story. It's really a, a shame that Jericho takes breaks from Fozzie for this fake fighting shit. Well, and this, the whole build-up to this was kind of, you know, even Triple H goes, if any, could, anyone could return from injury and win the belt night one, John Cena's the guy. <laughs> it really made me go, like, because I didn't watch this pay-per-view when it happened, but it is a little like, whoa, Cena's just going to return and get a title shot. And Jericho was on such a run, but he doesn't seem like, he always, poor Jericho always seems like the heel champion that can lose. And he lost, I mean, when he lost to Triple H at Mania, it was so telegraphed. This kind of felt like that. We're in Boston, ultimate baby face. They could have done like the, oh, well, of course the Hill's going to win in Cena's hometown. But no, nah, they didn't. Uh, it, you know, the buildup was solid. I loved it. I kind of wish Jericho just, did Jer- has Jericho ever beat John Cena in his life? Oh, I don't know, Vladis. I know Eddie Guerrero has. And I'm pretty sure Kurt Angle has. Also, Vladis, I was watching this main event when Jericho's entrance happened. I saw uh, China's friend that fucked Mark Henry, that tranny, Sandy. I saw Sandy in the second row, and she had another tranny with her. That must have been Mandy. Man, that's a way better name for the tranny, Mandy. Why Mandy. Do you, it starts yeah. with man. How do you not name the guy that Mark Henry fucked Mandy? I think that was a, a huge missed opportunity. And when we, uh, when we do our collaborative podcast with Vince Russo, that's the first thing we're going to ask. Why wasn't it Mandy? Why was there a lack of the use of Amanda? And why did you guys name him Manu? And by the way, thank you for TNA, the name you made up for. It. That is a cool name. I'm sick of Jim Cornette saying otherwise. Ladies, John Cena did it on a night where we couldn't get enough good news. Edge is champion. Matt Hardy's champion of ECW. Uh, Jeff Hardy's not hurt. Everything's so great. Taz is okay. It's great. Taz didn't say yam bag. That was the one thing this pay-per-view was missing. But after all of it, John Cena holds up the World Heavyweight Championship. He goes out and hugs his family. What a finish in the greatest city of the world. Ladies, the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl again. Tom Brady ain't retiring. We're on to Cincinnati. What's up with Robert Kraft? I know that you I, you and I haven't touched on this Uh Let's talk about prostitution. Why is Robert Kraft soliciting prostitutes in Miami? He wants to fuck. What do you think? (laughs) Everyone does this. Everyone's paying for fucking. I almost did it once. Never did it. But uh, you hear every guy I've ever talked to, I'm pretty sure has two or three stories where they did that. It's normal. It's normal. Yeah. Well, I just, it was weird that it came out and he's like, you know, he's denying it, but is he going to jail? What's going on with my dude? Why would he? What did he do wrong? The girl said yes or no? I don't know what that means. She's I don't know. Did she say know. yes or no? Did she take the Who money? I thought he was like, I thought he was the pimp. Is everyone happy? No, he paid her and had sex. Is everyone happy? I don't see the problem. Just play Jillian's theme hall. <laughs> Just play Julian Hall's theme song and play us out. Everything's fine. Robert Kraft. Let Robert Kraft do a little dance. No, ladies, I wasn't telling you as our producer to play us out. I'm just saying, in general, this situation needs to be played out. Poor Robert. What, do we want him to be the new Bill Cosby? Why do we want to torment old men? Let them die peacefully. Well, what kind of prostitution is this? Because I hear all about Legal. sex slavery. Is this some sort of a taken situation? Is he going to some sort of an opium den and only having sex with drugged up women? We need more details, and I'm calling Liam Neeson now. 
No, he drove down. I should know Boston streets. I'm from Abington. He drove down in Miami. I thought it was. He didn't get a. He didn't get a Boston. All right, fine. He he drove down fucking Kobe Bryant Boulevard and said, "Want to fuck? Here's some money." And they call that soliciting (laughs) down there. And it's nothing that's that bad. Felidius, I saw matches on this pay per view that were worse than that. I I, we should be putting crime time in jail, even though they got well, you know. It's awesome. I think we should put cause if we were doing this, like this should be our new thing is when we rate pay per views. Who's going to jail with Robert Kraft? Because I definitely think Kozlov kind of belongs in there. Like he did a fine job, but like they even said it, like making his pay-per-view debut. Like <laughs> we talk about getting shoved down our throats. Who the fuck's this guy? when's he gonna win tag titles with Santino? Vince thinks the crime time belongs there. I personally would just throw Kane there. I don't know. You can't lose to a three foot eight guy twice in a row. I know I'm just playing a 2K fape here. Especially with your eyes wide open looking at the referee. Like you're, just, you're looking to kick out. You can do this. I'm not. Nah, not tonight. I'm not calling you the big red machine anymore. I'm sick of calling you these cool names when you're losing to midgets every fucking month in 2008. But please, we have one more left. We have Armageddon. And after that, we get to pick another year. I'm voting for 98. I think you had another one. We'll add a third option, and then we need to find out where this poll will be. I think we'll do it on the YouTube channel on the community section where I post all my funny jokes that would be tweets. Yeah, I think that's a good spot for it. We'll go in there. We'll just leave it up there. And because I even in the chat tonight right here live on YouTube, tons of people throwing out 06, 04. I saw a couple for 09. So I need to go into my mind. I might even just do 2018. What a year. Let's relive it together. Well, we should do when they made the company over in 2016. Remember the brand split and when it all became new again, ladies, it was the new generation, which was just a new camera angle on SmackDown for a month, which doesn't even exist anymore. God, I miss those times. I want to go Attitude Era so we can just, we don't have to watch every WCW event, but maybe we'll every, once every couple of weeks, we'll squeeze in Slambury. And then, but you know, we're not missing Great American Bash. God damn it. We, all right, fine. We'll skip Uncensored, but I'm not skipping any others. We need to get a few WCW in, ladies. If we're doing 99, oh, I was thinking of sold out 2000. When, whenever Ben Wall <laughs> lost that pay-per-view, because like Terry Funk's involved. I really enjoyed that pay-per-view. That's going to be a watch-along. That was the greatest mis- disconnection we've ever had. It was a vocal of you singing Benoit, Vlady. Just cut it out for the remix. Vlady's- oh, no, it, it ended out after there. <laughs> it sounded great. But, ladies, we covered so much tonight. We still haven't talked about Kofi. Remember Elimination Chamber? Fuck. Well, too late, because Kevin Owens is back. Uh, Batista's back. Ric Flair's 70. Uh, Roman Reigns is in remission. Bobby Lashley's great again. Matt Hardy's back. The bar is purple undies. And AEW's poolside. God, there's so much happening in wrestling. But it's not AEW's fault. Ladies, don't you hate when you read, you fools should be happy to see another company. You should be rooting for them. And I just think, I don't know. I've been a WWE fan for like 32 years. And I've never needed an AEW exist to exist. I don't know. I've just always kind of liked WWE without Cody Rhodes running a shitty wrestling company. So, no, I won't be rooting for it just to root for it. Or some bullshit psychology. Sorry, please go ahead. But we have been rooting for other companies, and there already are other companies. I don't know what that means. Like, you should be rooting for another company. It's Well, we love WWE, and I will admit there was, uh, what, nine years where Impact was – 
in my mind, I had to watch it. It was it was hand in hand with the WWE. I was a wrestling fan who had to watch both. I when I would DVR Impact, it would I would watch that before SmackDown sometimes. So because uh, that was back when SmackDown was pre-taped and uh, all the main events were just replayed on Raw the next week. And yeah, there was a time where Impact you could not miss it. But we're not in that era anymore. We've already had the era of another wrestling company. And like I said, I watch MLW Fusion sometimes. Sometimes I catch a New Japan show. There's a lot of wrestling out there. Let's not pretend that AEW is this revolutionary idea. Ladies, I just stick to Roman's yard. Thank you very much. This is your yard. That was the Boston chant. This is your yard. <laughs> yard. It's a yard. They should have done the comeback in Boston. You're right. How's... This is your yard. I, why does the Bostonian have to make that joke? You all should have been saying that shit for a week now. This is your yard? How fucking easy was that? Ladies, it's an honor every week to talk to the man himself. My name is Ryan Van What an amazing night it has been. Next week's going to be even better because until the day that we die. The website is thewholeeffingshow.com right now. Uh, but really, all you need is iTunes, Fleeties. The link's in the description. Someone commented, I wish TWFS was on something besides iTunes or on everything. Don't go to Stitcher. That's all fucked up, and I don't want to fix it. Never like Stitcher. Never will. But, you know, all of them, Fleeties, Google Podcasts, iTunes, the whole effing show is available. You'll get two new discussions every week, along with new videos on this YouTube channel every single week. Make sure you subscribe. Fleeties, I'm so proud of what we've accomplished in this month. Uh, thank you, Cody Rhodes, for everything. <laughs> oh, and Fleeties, we are, we are, we are. The whole effing show.
Music makes you feel something. nine-year-old son. son. second place trophies. I'll tell you a story, Booker. I, I fought in a tournament and I took fourth place. On the way home from that tournament, I had a trophy in my hand and my dad said, hey, let me see that trophy. And he threw it out the window while we were on the highway home. Music. I don't accept fourth place, third place, second something. place. I was built to be tough. I was built to last. And I was built to get things done by any means necessary. Cruz also grew up watching John Cena. 
as you can tell from how thickly muscled he is.